What's up, everybody, and welcome to this new podcast entitled All About Millennials. I'm your host, Don Eski, and I am joined by Kayla Maurer. Welcome to this conversation for millennials by millennials. And today we are discussing not just the after effects of what COVID-19 has done, but also national tragedies that have spurred throughout times since the 80s, as well as we are just seeing how everybody is holding up and just trying to be respectful of the national pandemic that is COVID-19. And also we have a special guest, Jeremy, coming in later. We'll give his perspective from the 80s. And let's just take it away. So let's Kayla. Let's do it. What's yeah. up? Good. How Kay- are you? I'm doing good. You? I'm doing really good. Um, so I think we should let everybody know uh, today we have you on the west coast and me on the east coast and it is amazing in my opinion that this quarantine has brought us together to do a podcast um (laughs) we couldn't make that happen in real life but now that the quarantine is happening we're good to go and honestly i couldn't be happier and weirder things can happen and it just forces you to really reevaluate what you're really doing with your life so i'm grateful for that and hey so Go ahead. <laughs> no, I wanted to know what you've been doing with this quarantine. Obviously, we're not like going out and and booking gigs. Um, I've been stuck in my house for two weeks, three weeks. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. So for me, like the film industry has been shut down kind of since early March, I want to say. And, ew, bruh. It's just been nasty to where I couldn't have even wanted to leave my house if I wanted to. But it's like the mayor has gotten stricter, stricter to where it's almost, you want to say, we're on lockdown, but it's not a lockdown yet. Right. I I kind of had a discussion with one of my roommates last night that said, uh, yeah, there's a possibility come this month since we are in April now. There may be a nationwide lockdown for a month. Oof. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, it's been up in the air over here, too, in New York City. They're reluctant to shut the city down. They think the whole country will fall apart. Uh, the governor is, like, battling the mayor. But I'm not even in the city, so I don't have to worry about it. I, I just feel like we're living in The Walking Dead right now. And I just imagine everybody getting sick as, like, zombies. and I mean, that's just, that's the way that everybody's portraying it. I was going to say welcome to Space Jam, but Walking Dead works too. Yes, because that's legit why. And I hate to say it, but we had to wait till the NBA got shut down due to it. And Tom Hanks got it to really act as where we are now. And now, and I don't know if you saw this, a friend of mine that's in Miami right now posted yesterday that there's still people like doing club parties just using their balconies to do it within like major hotels i'm like are y'all crazy yeah i mean i've seen all the videos of people doing the balcony stuff and uh sometimes looks like they're not uh practicing social distancing for sure (laughs) <laughs> I don't even count that as social distancing. I just count that as people not even thinking common okay. sense. It says only go out for essentials and yeah. avoid it because there's already 
relief in the land of the rising sun from it to where people are starting to have larger gatherings Mm-hmm. But that's just because they've been on lockdown for about a month. Yeah, to and two the sun's months. starting to come out. It's like it's like the weather's getting nice. I mean, sometimes I mean, okay, the weather's always nice for you. All right, and uh, for, not necessarily, not necessarily. We still get well, rain. Okay, you still get rain. Okay, yeah, I see people in Florida shaking their head right now. Like, <laughs> rain is nothing. No, but in in New York, it's still like forties, fifties. Sometimes, like it, it randomly wanted to snow last week. Uh, I'm what? Getting, like, yeah, I'm I'm getting like worked up about it because it it got to the, like the sixties one day, and we were like, woo, shorts. Uh, whereas in Florida, everyone's like, whoa, sweatpants, you know? Um, and basically, uh, the next week it was down to like 28 or something one day. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck is going on here? Yeah, um, you know, it's just going to be stupid once it gets like closer but, to the fall. And But I don't know about, I don't know about you, but people are surfing over here. I live by the beach and um, people are getting their wetsuits on. And I mean, I can't blame them if they're practicing their social distancing and sticking to their family, but, like, it's a little early for that. Well, it got to the point where the parks, the trails, and everything else got to get shut down for people to get to where we are now, to where people are starting to only go to the stores, but that's part of the reason why I think, even with the stuff I was saying, like, I've heard with the nationwide shutdown, Mm-hmm. that it will go crazy and the stay-at-home order so Callie's been under that for a good week to two weeks so what the stay-at-home order is versus a lockdown for those that don't right. know and you can still go outside your house for right. essentials and essentials only i.e if you need to get something to eat from the store right toilet right. paper and for those that are in really need of hydration water other than that shouldn't be that's everybody hopefully no 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 i'm talking about the pure purell and all that not like just tap because some people it's in their health and dna they need a purified water and updated filters so those are like essentials but for people really just wanting to go out and play some hoops uh yeah no yeah i know yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's really crazy. I know Florida is getting strict because the resurgence of people for spring break also, you know. Oh, we're God. we're sitting here already in quarantine and they're like partying up at the beaches. I understand why they need to be locked down. I think the sooner that we do it, the sooner that this is over with. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I wanted to bring in a friend of mine because this is all about millennials and you and I are 90s babies, but millennials range two decades, basically, 80s and 90s. So I wanted to bring in a good friend of mine, Jeremy, who was alive in the 80s and kind of talk about what he's experienced in his life that might affect how he lives through this pandemic right now. So Jeremy's a native Floridian, served in the military for 11 years. He loves to do long distance trail hiking. He's a world traveler, currently works in hospitality at the theme parks in Florida. 
And his hobbies include um, improv acting, environmental work, and volunteering at local shelters. So I want to welcome you, Jeremy. I think you're going to have a perfect perspective for our podcast. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. How are you? So you're in Florida, and (laughs) we were talking a little bit about how you guys are affected. And uh, people texting me ranging from which beaches are still open to mm-hmm. am I going to get arrested if I move on mm-hmm. April 3rd? Is that against oh. the stay-at-home ordinance that was just released? Uh, like moving that. homes? Like like signing a lease somewhere and moving? Yep. You think people would be arrested for that? Absolutely not. Yeah. But it's That's interesting. At least they care about you enough to ask you these <laughs> sort of questions right and, and she's the the individual is a lot younger she's your age mm-hmm. so it's one of those questions where i'm just kind of shaking my head but it's a legit concern you yeah know, like, people are her. going crazy everywhere for sure absolutely yeah i went to uh, target grocery shopping yesterday mm-hmm. i say grocery shopping i was actually looking for a switch so i'm not innocent but <laughs> i showed up there and the parking lots were packed they were absolutely yeah. packed one of the things about the ordinance down here, the, the state orders uh, for stay at home, is that there's a clause that says even if you're not necessarily considered essential, you can file as a business to stay open by claiming that you are. So like my mother, who is 65 right now, I know that's a, a little older um, for most moms in your age group, but for mine, a lot of mine are 65, 70 years old. She's having to go to work every day as a construction contractor, as a secretary. Right. Yeah, they're still working. Yeah. They have to work. So yeah. she goes into work, has regular contact with other people, uh, and it terrifies me. Yeah. Just, you know, Italy was, um, I think the United States actually hit 800 and something deaths yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Daggering. And, wow. Scary. So, I mean, and I've seen disasters like this before. I've seen situations and circumstances. I was on um, the USS Boxer back in 2009 when the H1N1 virus broke out. So I was already quarantined. We have the USS Theater Roosevelt out on Guam right now, where they're seeing quadruple infection rates because wow. they now have coronavirus on board their ships. Oh, no. I think there was the, the captain of that ship in a kind of a desperate plea was asking to let all of the some thousand sailor soldiers on their ship off to disperse and quarantine in Guam mm-hmm. because the chance of you being infected in that kind of close quarters, close proximity, it's a lot higher on a ship where it's not necessarily as clean um, and it's a lot more confined than being out in say Guam in some of the hotels or wow, even some of the, the birthings in those military bases. It's crazy to think that like, you know, I'm a daughter of military and so um, not that any of my family members would be deployed or anything right now, but usually you think the concern with someone in the military is that they're going to be on the battlefield and or some kind of mission that's going to put them in danger you don't think about like a disease like it's we're literally as a human race in a war against another species like that is biological going on entity yeah that is just insane and so um, going kind of going off of other things that you have experienced, um, what are some other major H1N1 was a major thing for sure. And um, are there any 
other ones that you feel like really impacted your life? I think a lot of you guys would have been younger. Um, yeah. But Hurricane Andrew, I remember Hurricane Andrew. Um, we also had a storm of the century in uh, Florida. Both of those were major, catastrophic, highly damaging, um, very huge storm. There was this context of putting the coronavirus, uh, it, was, it was an example of how Floridians think, is that Floridians, we hoard. We hoard everything. Whenever something is coming, a, a natural disaster, we right. tend to grab everything. Right. The stockpile, you know, toilet paper times 10. Yeah. Um, you know, water, everything. There's no indication that we were ever going to lose our water. But in a hurricane, you just don't know. You prepare for everything. Yeah, hurricanes, definitely. You can be stuck in your house for two weeks with no electricity. You have to. Right. Um, if you were to go through the, the Walmart and Target stores and, and Kmarts and Publix or whatever, you run through and you would just see wiped out the, the random things that people hoard during natural disasters. The mm -hmm. expectation is that we kind of have an idea when the end is going to be, what's going to happen after. Right. There was an iteration where in Hawaii, we had four category four, category five hurricanes. So I was stationed out in Hawaii for a time. And while I was out there, it was one after the other after the other. We were all very fearful. Uh, the, the weatherman out there, his name is Guy Hagi, and he had just had no idea, just, just could not predict because of the trade winds and how everything works. How do you deal with four massive storms circling around you? What do right, you do? So yeah. it's that, that kind of apprehension, you know. Um, I, I would almost compare it as well as we had a couple of years ago was that nuclear uh, ballistic missile test, the mm -hmm. the alarm that went off. It wasn't a test, you know, it was, it was a false alarm for the island of Hawaii for that ballistic missile to go off, mm -hmm. uh, supposedly from like North Korea or China, one of the... right those countries over there that we were in conflict with and they released this and they said ballistic missile incoming right you have no idea how to handle that you know i was talking to some of my military friends and mind you they have a little bit more training when it comes to mortality and thinking about your life and preparing for situations and circumstances like this but a lot of them just said well i just walked outside what can you do uh, right. if a missile were to go off you know a 13 by 14 mile island uh, it would wipe out almost 3 million people, that would be the entirety of the state of Hawaii, but close to it. You know, the majority of people living in Honolulu, um, I would say probably about 2 million people could have lost their life if it had been a real test. And the question being, was there looting? Was there heinous acts being committed by local population in preparation for this? No, no, none of that happened. I mean, not to the magnitude you would think if an apocalypse is coming. Right. Well, and we see that kind of here. You know, I've seen the, the worst um, kind of apocalypse type crime I've seen so far is someone stole a goose, a concrete goose out of someone's yard. Oh, oh the Orlando? humanity. It was on a, the Nextdoor app. Oh my gosh. Please give us back our, our concrete goose. We saw you yeah. take a picture with it, a selfie, and then <laughs> So, what? Really, uh, <laughs> as a young child, I think it was 92. I was born in 85. So I was about six, seven years old, probably about six. And the storm devastated everything. You walked, I mean, you, you drove through my hometown of Lake City, Florida. It's up in the north where the eye directly went over. And you just walk through and everything is just devastated. You kind of expect that, especially when something like coronavirus, you expect loss. You expect mm -hmm. things to happen. So when it's millennials, how does that, how, how does that manifest, you know, how generation X to millennial, the transition being that digital age. Right. Um, we're already, we're already kind of in that mindset 
of grieving. We're already, you see it in our behaviors. A lot of us are lethargic. We're, we're not, you know, you've got a lot of the younger folks who are able to just say, well, I'll just work from home. I'll just do everything online. It's how I live my life anyway. Social media, I'll, I'll still be just plugging away. You know, we, we work in the improv comedy realm. I know you're multifaceted, but improv comedians are now doing stuff online. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok has seen its, its, I wouldn't say resurgence, but it's grown exponentially. And a lot of people do their jokes on there. Yeah. So adaptability, I think the ability to transition from going into a physical sit down face-to-face job mm-hmm. to being online, it definitely has an impact. Definitely. So how would you say that um, everything that you've been through in your life, because you've definitely seen a lot of natural disasters and you've been through um, pandemics before, even on a more serious level than just the normal person. How has that shaped the way that you handle COVID-19 now, given how our lifestyle is and also what you've been through and how you have to kind of have a mindset on things? Well, as a, as a Navy sailor, I was deployed. We had conditions on our ship that didn't let us reach out to our family, so we couldn't let them know how we were doing. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful the ability to I could just look over at my phone and text my mom and say, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, confined to the ship, you would be, I think we went underway for 85 days uh, with no port call. And that was prior to uh, the outbreak when we were actually coming back through the Indian Ocean, through the Strait of Malacca, uh, towards Singapore. We went through Thailand and that's where it happened. We, were, we contracted some of our, our shipmates contracted the H1N1, and then it went rampant on our ship. We did a medical services, the USNS Leyte Gulf, Mm -hmm. a merchant vessel was able to come up, or a a naval support ship was able to come up and provide us with medical supplies to help us with that. Uh, But it was a very trying time for everyone. We were very stressed. You have entire barracks, uh, berthings that are just packed with Marines who are getting sick. And then that's after the sailors have all packed into the medical ward, very small medical ward on our ship. So we're trying everything from quarantines to plastic bags over our hands to, I would go down to the ship store and buy Gatorade to try and give it to people and be disseminated out among the folks. I was sick for a matter of 24 hours and I got better. And then once again, being that I'm not in that older generation, you know, being, being the Gen Xer versus millennial, you know, in that, that kind of gap Mm -hmm. area, I'm not as prone to uh, the illness. I'm not as immune compromised. I'm very thankful that I'm healthy. Right. Um, a lot of people out there, I have a virologist friend up in Tallahassee. Actually, she moved over to California uh, to be with her family during this time. Uh, she's concerned if she gets it, she would die. So in that thought process, it's just good to continue that communication. And I think yeah. the most important thing, the difference between the younger generations is that I didn't know what to expect after Hurricane Andrew. I went up, I was living in a trailer. It was a double wide trailer in the middle of uh, podunk nowhere. You know, you got to drive down a dirt road to get there, mm-hmm. hop three trees just to see if your house is still in one piece. Mm-hmm. Pine trees falling over and had ruptured and opened up a couple of holes in the, the roof of the house. You know, I had a little dog that was stuck at the house. His name was Bishop, a little uh, cute, cute little uh, cocker spaniel. And luckily he was okay. But you don't, you don't have any idea as to the destruction. Whereas now it's almost real time. You can see what's happening in Italy. Right. Uh, claiming that they have quarantined it out of their system and they're no longer contracting it there. You know, there's a lot of information, whether it's misinformation or not. But the difference being is that we have so much more access 
access to communication. Right. I love that. I feel like that's one of like the core things that we kind of forget in our lives that we just need to remember is just communication and having the ability to tell your family and your friends that you're here, you're safe and you love them like that's a gift for sure absolutely I, I really appreciate you sharing that outlook on everything especially because people are so up in arms right now over this thing freaking out taking extreme measures and sometimes they need just need to step back and say hey am i taking care of myself am i making sure that my family's okay all right then everything's okay for now and the big thing is just to be kind. We've seen xenophobia. We've seen the yes. racism that's been associated. You know, we've got people calling, you know, MERS. MERS is the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, I think. Um, the, the same for, we were calling it the, the Kung Flu or the Chinese virus. Right. No reason to call it that. Right. We're developing, you know, as, as a as a country to understand that these things hurt people when you say things like that. Right. So because a culture is being blamed for eating animals, that, that, that is the reason that the world is suffering. That that's right. That's decision. That's you, just that. Ignorance at yeah. its finest. <laughs> I know. Visible. You know, Japanese culture, a lot of them like to wear face masks whenever they're coughing. Right, which so is just respectful. It, it's very, it's very nice. How many, how many Americans do normally do that? No. I, I don't, as a as a metropolitan liver, I've lived in Honolulu, I've lived in New York, Washington D.C., Jacksonville, I've lived in Orlando. I didn't see that as prevalent as what we saw with that with the Japanese culture, especially the traveling uh, folks yeah. I saw in like theme parks. Right. However, that left them up to scrutiny because right. they're of Asian descent, which I'm sure you're familiar. It's critical for us not to say, well, you're taking extra precautions. You must be sick. It must be must mean that you're contagious. Yeah. No, they're just ahead of us. <laughs> that kind of fear, you know. Yeah. Uh, in the same way as we're seeing that the coronavirus can be contracted multiple times over. Right. Just stay inside. Yeah. Going grocery shopping, they say six feet. I'm extra cautious because I'm a risk analyst, so I will stay 10 feet away. And especially if like these stores that are offering these opportunities for things like pregnant women, people over 65, those with immune compromise to go shopping in the early hours. Mm -hmm. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. You're healthy and you see a sign that says that. Respect it. You're probably enjoying the fact that you're outside. Go sit somewhere for, for two hours in the grass or whatever. Yeah. Get it out and go in or just go in your car and hang out and then wait for your turn to go in there to make sure that you're not breaching those safety protocols, risking infecting someone is asymptomatic so you're not going to know either way it was right. kind of for each one in one is that once we got the bird flu avian flu whatever you want to call it once we get that flu it didn't really impact us and then like i said i was out i was right. done 24 hours by the most, time it hits you it's too late you've already had it in your system uh, yeah. most of my friends colleagues etc that were on the ship with me when they got it theirs was a lot worse either from health genetics whatever when they got it it took them out harder so there's where three to five days, everyone looked at me and they just said, oh, you didn't have it. Right. You know? I mean, it didn't feel like I did, but I was hurting. Right. Uh, just understanding that everyone's different. The most you can do is just be kind, be, be yeah. open and be accepting of people. Doesn't mean you have to go hug everyone. Just right. understand we're all in this together. Right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, you gave some really good insight on life in general and 
um, you can stick around. We're going to continue talking, me and Donez, and um, I'll see you later, Jeremy. Hey, thank, thank you so thanks much. Thanks for coming through, Jeremy, and let's take it a break. Awesome. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. And wow, that was a lot of great insight from Jeremy. Like, just hearing it from that perspective. Like, and for me, being the son and nephew of former soldiers really did help me understand that and to just maintain that social distance even being in a household with four guys yeah what do you think kayla honestly i think first of all i think we need to say thank you to everybody who's taking care of our country at this time and that's everyone from emergency workers to people at the grocery stores and restaurants and construction and even car mechanics all those people are still working to service us during the quarantine. So I think, first of all, thank you to them. And also, I loved what he said about communication and respect oh and being my kind. Gosh. Just something that a pandemic or a tragedy can heighten that. And I've seen that. And I've luckily found a community online of people that are sharing each other's work and, and appreciation for each other. But on the other side, there are, we can't deny that there are people out there that just tolerate ignorance and and I like how he mentioned xenophobia and, and how cultural differences really do affect how people deal with the pandemic too, because I think there's a lack of respect there on some ends. And honestly, that is a great segue to the second half of this discussion. And Jeremy kind of touched on it a little bit the cultural differences throughout this whole pandemic. It's not just race. It's not just, oh, I have money and you don't, or job status. It's like all encompassing in that. And we shouldn't, in my mind, pull another excuse for segregation just because of right. others. Right, right. Yeah, it, it hurts me so much. I, I'm half Asian. It hurts me so much to hear people even joke. And I, I mean, I'm in the comedy world, but... But to hear people joke, or maybe they're even serious, but they say it in a joking manner about, oh, but those people were Chinese over there, so I heard them cough. So I'm gonna have an excuse to be mean to them, basically. And if I hear that, I mean, I say it straight to their face. I'm like, do not ever say that again around me. Don't ever say it again, period. But... Yeah. That is so inconsiderate and just not, it's not right. Just because something originates somewhere does not mean that it gives you an excuse to be intolerant or that it's their fault. I mean, there's no way that they could have controlled, you know, Wuhan getting a virus from an animal to a human. There's no way anybody, it could have happened anywhere. Right. And um, yeah, it really does hurt me in that sense. Thanks for sharing that. Honestly, for me, it's been more on the religious standpoint. And it's not even just the fact of the coronavirus. It's been going on. And I'm originally from Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So 2015-16 and Rifford gets passed. It almost felt like a civil war between the Christian, whether that be Baptist or Catholic or mm -hmm. Methodist or whatever, versus the LGBTQ community. Oh. Not saying I swing either way. Right. Specifically, it's the fact that religion became an excuse yeah. for basically being racist. And so what exactly was going on in Indiana? So how it originated was, so one bakery, Christian owned, basically had to, and it was downtown Indianapolis too, mm -hmm. was not willing to serve a gay wedding. Okay. And within a month or two, closed their doors. 
So that whole bill got passed to make it okay for people not to get served because of the ownership. Oh, oh, it was a bill to make it okay not to serve. So, wow. People can legit not serve. Wow. Someone from another way of just, life in they a can sense. just choose to pick a group to oust in their yeah, business wow and, and it's okay because of my religious background yeah like, wow like, yeah that's crazy i didn't know that yeah no, indiana ironically was not the first state i believe it was arizona and then kind of got adopted Ari- after that incident wow what yeah that's so insane. something like that amount of segregation and just racism has been going on for pretty much the last five or so years and right it's yeah it's one of those things that i personally disprove of and i've just been i mean same definitely yeah. i mean just i could not be who i am without a mixture of different kinds of people i same i wouldn't i don't even know what i would be <laughs> i'm like a melting pot within myself so i can't i can't see it the other way i can't i don't know i was i'm speechless i i'm literally speechless right now I just, I grew up always taught to treat people right. No matter what they've got going on, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what kind of lives they live at home or, you know, you never judge a book by its cover. Right. And I've always been that token black guy in with the learning disability. So it's just like, uh, yeah, you're going in Southern Indiana. So it's like, uh, yeah, you're going to get those people that just want to yeah. either employ with your mental or physical disabilities just to get a rise out of you. And I didn't know until late in my life that, hey, it's all right. And just ignore it, appreciate who I was. And heck, this wouldn't exist if I didn't. Our friendship wouldn't exist if I didn't. Right. Wow. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I would have never guessed. I mean, look, you're producing a podcast and (laughs) living it up in LA man it's still like it amazes me that everything since like 2016 has happened but in my life personally but it's like I'm grateful for it and I don't care (laughs) I feel like that's what this time is for going back to the quarantine like it's all about just like the gratitude and when I was living in California I would walk outside and I'd literally just want to cry looking at the mountains because it was so beautiful and then I'd be driving down the 101 I would be driving down to Santa Monica and everybody would be complaining about traffic and I'm just like I'm living the life I blast my music like life is good man like I know right it's a dream and then I come to New York and it's just like the same thing and I get to you know visit home and right now I mean I'm stuck and I I'm by myself in New York I have no family whatsoever I'm literally by myself I can be as loud as I want which is cool but like I am a totally social person like I I've never lived alone. I have to have people around me all the time. So the quarantine should be a time. Everybody knows how extroverted I am. Like, I'll talk your ear off. Like, with the quarantine, I feel like I've actually made more authentic connections with people. Kind of, like, reminded myself of who I really have in my life that matters as opposed to the the noise and the chatter around me, so to speak. Acquaintances, people that are trying to put negative talk into your mind. Like, the quarantine has kind of, like, only brought out the good things. Aside from this disaster that's happening and not being able to live a normal life. 
but I feel like that gratitude is like what I'm taking out of the pandemic for sure. Yeah, I've been taking a lot of gratitude and just appreciation in the fact that yes, I have a December birthday and I get throw that in people's face, but in Why? turn- Why, because we got to celebrate? That too, but also <laughs> I'm going to be able to celebrate from like all the reports saying, oh yeah, I'll be done before the summer lets out. But right. it's like me being able to do that and appreciating the fact that I was able to do that because you so, see so many people that you know don't having to celebrate their birthday via a Zoom call. Right. So many people having to live stream their own wedding with like yeah. basically looking yeah. like a shotgun courthouse wedding. It's crazy. I mean, both of my brothers are born in March, so I'm like, happy birthday. Not that they would be doing anything anyway. They just like to play video games, but... Yeah. I'm like, it sucks, man. I had to call both my brother and my sister over the last week or so and just say happy birthday, but I had to do it via FaceTime and yeah. call, and I'm like, dang. Yeah, well, they don't have their friends. They're stuck with the parents. They're stuck with the Ooh. chores. and the <laughs> They don't get to go play football with their friends. I'm like, Ugh. And, but yeah. I'm lucky to have a few friends to rely on up here. And even if we do go out, we stay away from people. So I, we do, we do take special precautions. And, and right now that's, I feel like with this pandemic, people are definitely taking advantage of it in mass gatherings. But I think as long as we stay home as much as possible, we're doing things out in nature, not, you know, places where there's a bunch of people touching the same objects. I think that we'll be okay. Right. And washing and our hands, point. covering our faces. I almost cussed there. Oof, yeah. No dabbing, dabbing it up. We didn't learn the dab just so that people would cough into the air. <laughs> yeah, and yet people are still... Or, I like, know, no, it's like coughing out on, into the abyss. And for those that may not have seen it, I basically went traditional almost barfing and then hand over mouth. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we still do that from like when we're kids, but it's right. like, you, we didn't learn the dab just so it looked tight from a dance. Yeah, exactly. We didn't learn the but dab. It's like, dab, dab, dab. <laughs> yeah, that's how that dance got big because everybody was yeah. doing it because we all started doing it as since we were like five. I think it was, uh, I think it was maybe, I think it was, uh, I think it was maybe influenced by drugs, but also if you're sick dab just dab just cough and dab true it's gonna be i think we're starting a tiktok video here that's what i'm getting at i mean <laughs> it could easily happen but honestly <laughs> that's another way of just keeping busy is just uh doing random tiktoks yeah i know i was going to say the rise of just social media and video chat apps yeah because of this has been i think i mean i think i've guys. been on zoom I think I've been on Zoom more this week than in my entire college career, which is when typically we would be using these like group chats. Um, and I, I just, I, I'm obsessed with social media and I, I'm watching everybody on Instagram. Like it doesn't matter. I, I, I live for this actually. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. If it's a celebrity doing a live video, I'm on it. Like I'm watching them talk about nothing i'm watching them bring on guests or bring on fans to do cooking like i don't care what it is you can be scratching your back to the beat of hannah montana and i'll be watching like i i don't know like everybody though is is like releasing their creative outlets and i love that I mean, I'm definitely doing it. I'm just, I'm just trying to like keep myself busy. And I think that if you're grateful for where you're at and what you're doing, then, then so social isolation won't be so bad. Right. And it's just finding ways 
too, it. Yes, I understand a lot of people got laid off. Yeah. And not everybody could bing, be bing, a bing, 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 hey. You're not the only one on this call that did it. Yeah, we're doing a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate to I hate to say it, but it's the truth. And I was literally scheduled for another gig like the week we got shut down. Yay! Yeah, I know. I was set to. I mean, I've been focusing on music lately, so I'm way behind on pilot season. But for any of you that aren't familiar with the entertainment world. Pilot season is um, basically like January through May when you submit to as much stuff as possible because a bunch of shows are starting up for the first time and you want to be on one. I mean, that's that's how it all starts, like pilot season. Yeah, you want to get your name out there in any way, shape, or form and just yeah. start networking. So, like, this is the... I've, this is the time to like be submitting to agencies and stuff because what are they doing right now? I wouldn't say necessarily submit to every agency. Granted, no. everything's open, but you have to think a lot of people may have that same mindset. Right. So at least this is the time to be creating and releasing content, you know? Yeah, it's and the time to work. To work for free. It's the time to work for free. I'm clapping. Like, I don't blame you guys. Yeah. It's like work for free, but work on something you have the passion for. That yeah, honestly. I think that's like probably our biggest advice here is like, if you're passionate about something, like do it. Like, don't just say like, ugh, what am I doing with my day? Oh my God. Like everybody gets so embarrassed. They're like, oh, this is what my life has come to. But it's like, this is what your life has come to. Like you're creating art. Like I'm sharing everybody's creations right now because I'm just so happy to see people doing stuff. And and I've been getting messages like, hey, like thanks for sharing my stuff. By the way, your stuff cheers me up. And I'm thinking like no one watches it and I should probably give up soon. But no, that's not the mentality. I will create till I die. But <laughs> <laughs> but but I I often wonder. I'm like, am I reaching audiences? Like aside from like you know, there's all the business stuff that goes into it I'm like I don't know who I'm creating for but myself but I enjoy it so I think I'm the funniest person in the world which I think is the delusion you have to have when you're trying to entertain and good thing you said that because it's like if we are going to do things for the bottom dollar just to get paid at the end of the day right then just stop stop now just yeah, stop you're, now this is the wrong reasons but yeah. if you're really wanting to do it because you have a passion for it and you're wanting to give back in a way like yeah. stay the course and just fight for what you want to do and it's just going to be and people will see like if it's fake or if you're doing it for real yeah for sure and speaking of um honestly wow whatever you just said went blank in my mind you said something specifically that i was thinking about what i wanted to say now that i lost my train of thought is people oh giving back that's what it was that that's the phrase that stuck out in my mind with what you said because when you when you i guess we're going to use art here when you create art whether it's performance visual whatever music whatever when you create content you are giving back because you're allowing people to take your story and relate to it or or learn something new 
And I have seen the most beautiful gatherings via the internet this week. I was actually just part of a group of 12, let's say, acts that spanned an hour. And we did a live show. Everybody did different things. It could have been Broadway style. It could have been performance art, dancing slash clown work. It could have been singing pop songs. But all these people came together and performed and raised money for some people that were victims of an apartment fire. And I wanted to cry the whole time because it was so beautiful. And I just felt, again, so grateful to be able to share that with people. And I can't wait to see more of that in the next however long we're stuck inside. And even when life goes back to normal, I hope this becomes part of the way we live. I hate to be the uh, devil's advocate a little bit, but Mm -hmm. do I feel like it will be? And this is the one question I did want to ask Jeremy but thanks for the interview was because do you think we as a society are just viewing this as a morality thing and just wanting mm-hmm. to stay inside because we know if we don't this is going to spread to more and more victims mm-hmm. and fatalities or are we just wanting to get this over with so we can get back to our lives and start making money again right you know that's an interesting point because I feel like we all want to get this over with to get back to our lives the way they were before but I think the reality is that that it's shaping our lives differently right now. And we're realizing that in order to to really get back into our old lives, we have to cut our old lives out cold turkey to put it into an analogy. You know, in order for us to really get over this really fast, we have to literally stop our old lifestyle, cut it off. And then by the time that even happens, we're going to be different people. So we're changing over time. And yes, I think we want to hurry up and get it over with. But I think what's actually happening is we're we're learning how to cope with things differently and then along the lines maybe we'll go back to the way but I think our minds are shifting and I don't know if that's like the millennial way of thinking but I think that I think that slowly we are actually changing wow this discussion's been crazy you know like heavy yeah I and guys to be frank like yes this will not be like the general norm for the entire like I do think we'll hit on these heavy topics but us as millennials like we see all this negativity from the media and what it's yeah. down but overall it's like what will we do next yeah and i think we're i think we're just trying to like figure things out i we're just trying to explore and i'm excited to see where our discussions go because i know next week's will be really fun and uh, you, you want to hype up next week real quick yeah what's up everyone it's your girl kayla coming in with next week's podcast yo Um, (laughs) next week though we want to go back into our pop culture selves and talk about the media and kind of how it has been affected again by COVID-19 because this is the reality we're living in but we definitely want to start getting into the fun stuff which for us is entertainment and thank you guys for joining us hey guys and if you want to hit us up shown as well as on all underscore am podcasts on instagram and see you next week bye bye